Hello and hail! What you are about to listen to is the pilot episode of the Pretenders Guild, a podcast dedicated to role-playing in the Elder Scrolls. Uh, This episode serves as an intro to us and the podcast and our characters. We hadn't yet set up all of our recording equipment, so in future episodes you will notice an increase in audio quality. But for now, enjoy. Welcome to Rimmin with Chris and Dylan. I'm Chris. And I'm Dylan. And we're Rimmin, I guess. This is us. So, so, this, so. Is, uh, this is a little bit different than what we would normally do and just get right into it. It's basically, we both like RPGs a lot. I think that's pretty fair to say. Mm-hmm. But this podcast is dedicated uh, to the RP in RPGs, the roleplay aspect of Everyone it. Everyone gets caught up in the G. Yeah. It's all about the G. Everyone's always focused on the G. But We're more about the R and the P. There's two, there's two letters, there's two of us. With all that aside, you get the idea of what the hell we're talking about. How did you start doing this how did you start um, rping okay so i guess i even i even remember my first character that i made in oblivion so i started with oblivion uh on the xbox 360 mm-hmm. and i made a character named ralu uh because i i just i, I think i got the game and i i was familiar with morrowind mm-hmm. and so when i when i rented oblivion i think i was like oh i want to make a dark elf and then i like immediately went on the internet <laughs> and like looked up you know Dark elves in the Elder Scrolls, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, they're called Dunmer. Like that's weird." And then I saw like, okay, all the stuff about the Tribunal and Morrowind, and then it was like House Hlalu, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Whoa, that's a really weird." That's a fresh Hlalu. word. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to say. So I was like, "All right, I'll make this guy Ralu," and um, I think I quickly discovered the uh, Dark Brotherhood mm-hmm. just because I killed someone, and in Oblivion, just killing a. Uh, like an innocent person uh, will trigger an event in your sleep where you're visited by um, a cloaked figure and he gives you this like assassination contract. Uh, so that happened to me. And so I kind of dev- It's interesting that actually saying this now of going into like what my character that I'm playing now is mm. actually kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll get to that. But uh, I ended up making this character like an assassin, Dark Brotherhood type, and I got so into it. Like, and I eventually did do like I think every guild on that character, like the fighters yeah, guild, the mages guild. I beat the main quest. I did end up like falling into that. Uh, let's just play the game thing because it was my first character, right? And I think I that's like, what should you do. have, yeah. Right. And then, but uh, I got so into that like assassin role that I um, I started I I didn't know what fan fiction was like I didn't know that was a thing <laughs> but I just started writing like little short stories about my character I even gave them to our English teacher Miss Burrell <laughs> to, I was like can you like read this and tell me if it's good and she was all like what the fuck are all these locations <laughs> like what is Dawnstar I was writing about Dawnstar in two thousand five before Skyrim was even a thing it's pretty good. yeah. I, I played the whole game and I was like, all right, well, let me see if I can make someone who, like, I did all those guilds, but, like, let me see if I can make someone who's just, like, would do the Fighters Guild. Like, a big, tough, like, like, I played with uh, two-handed mm-hmm. weapons. Let me try to find some, someone who fights with, like, a great sword, uh, and then do the Fighters Guild with them. And then, once, it, it like, it didn't re- like, it had a hard time getting super into it after that, like, playing stuff over again, and then I discovered that on PC... There were these things you could get called mods that would <laughs> modify your game and add new things, or better yet, take things out that mm-hmm. were bothersome mm-hmm. about the game. Um, and I, at the age of like 16, somehow like saved up enough, enough money working at Stop and Shop and bought a gaming PC just literally only to play Oblivion because I saw an ad um, or like a, a trailer for this thing called Triple O. Oscu- oh yeah, Oscuro's Oblivion Overhaul, and it was just a complete um, overhaul of of the game where it, it just like it got rid of the um, something in those games, or I think in Skyrim too, like the leveling mm-hmm. sc- level scaling, mm-hmm. where like you won't encounter high level enemies until you're a high level, and like you may go to so like at it, in Oblivion it got particularly egregious because. At a certain level, bandits would have like glass armor mm-hmm. and be like, like really, like there were no more schmoes in the entire universe now that you weren't a schmo. <laughs> yeah, which sucks. Yeah, and it, it did away with that. It added a million new lo- locations, and then 
then from there it exploded mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, I want to make a character that's like from Akavir, the continent to, oh, yeah. the, to the north or wherever it is or to the there's east. There's monkey people, right? There's monkey, there's there like chimp people, there's, there's dragon people. Yeah. Uh, and you could get a mod that was like, would be that mm-hmm. like landmass. You could just do like it. That totally like took it off for me. Um, but then Skyrim came on and, and we'll get into all that. Too. F, F through B. Yeah. Um, I can't, I'm trying to think of the first time that I remember like RPing in a game. And I used to get like super attached. I play a lot of RPGs, but like JRPGs. Yeah. So I get really attached to like the role that I was playing, but I never was like, okay, this is me. What would I do? I right. would just be like, okay, what would this character be doing? And, like the height of RPing was just walking. Uh huh. <laughs> was just like in instead of world. running, was oh, just like yeah. walking. <laughs> um, That's true. In World of Warcraft, too. yeah, yeah. It was like okay, well now, well now I'm taking this game seriously. I'm living it. I remember doing that a lot with the dot hack games. I still do that with this. I just game. be walking around, being like, "This is lit." Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, the, walking is, instead of running in a game, that's the height of RPing, really. Um, but I in Morrowind, I can't. I know that I I did two specific characters, but the first thing that I would always do in Morrowind, I would go to Belmoro, which is one of the first towns. Yep. I would kill this one dude because he had a mansion. And if you kill him and nobody sees you, it doesn't matter. Uh-huh. So I would get him to go into a closet, and then I would taunt him into fighting me, and then I could kill him legally. Yep. Um, that's what it would be. Would, and so then his dead body would be in the closet, and I wouldn't have to worry about it. I would just leave leave the closet. And then I would fill his mansion with my shit. And that's yep. what I did was, like, my main goal in Morrowind was to collect cool shit and then display it on the table. Yes. Because you could do that. That was the thing. So I did that, and then my other main thing was I played as a character called the Crimson King. The Crimson King. Yeah, and he was a dark elf, and he... That was just his title. And he collected the heads of all the guards that he defeated. Because they all had those weird, uh... Not just the town guards, but the, uh... Like, the chitin armor that looked like alien heads. Like, the gold... Oh, yeah. It was just these weird... These weird, uh, helmets that the guards wore. So I just, like, started picking up the helmets. Oh, you can't collect heads in Morrowind. The game wasn't that advanced. <laughs> but I, I remember collecting their, their helmets... And then I went back to that same mansion that I also got on this character because that was just what I did and would display all the helmets. And that was just like what this character did. It was like I take the heads of my enemies and I display them in my house. Were you too. doing like the thing where you, you hold uh, X or, or A or to pick up mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you just have to like... I think in Morrowind you had to uh, you had to just like stand over a certain place and then pick it up and then uh, go into your inventory and drop it. Yeah. And then it would just statically sit there. Like there was no physics on anything. Oh, so that's... you would just like, you would have to like get it right. And they're like, Nope, it's slightly off. So I have to pick it up and like move slightly and then drop it again. I just spent like hours doing that. And I do remember one character I made was a samurai, which should surprise nobody in Morrowind. I wore wizard robes cause they looked the most like a kimono yeah. and I had a, uh, a katana and I camped out in the woods, which is like, I don't think I actually slept cause you can't like you had to sleep to level up. Yeah. And, like, so. found a place that had a campfire, or I dropped a torch, or something. I did something so there was a fire, and that's where I decided my character hung out. Until um, I dropped a bunch of items there, and then they disappeared, so I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. Uh-huh. Um, and then I played Oblivion, and I let Oblivion, like, just be its thing. I didn't have to RP, because I was like, I'm into this game. Like, I'm the hero of Kvatch, I'm going to stop the Oblivion. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's my jam. And I'm the one character I did every... Uh, guild and all that, even though it made no sense to be the hero of Kavach and a member of the Dark Brotherhood, like uh-huh. those things didn't really pan out. But that's how that's what I did, and never had to worry about RPing. And then, like you, when I finally got it on PC, got that same mod, uh-huh. and everything changed. And I remember two things specifically, where at this point we were like what sixteen, fifteen. I remember specifically going into uh, one of the first. Elven ruins that you run into right out of the gates in Oblivion, uh-huh. where normally it would just be like they're running in the middle, like clear out like the four skeletons that are in there. I think it's actually vampires that are in there. And with this mod, this overhaul, they were like super high level. Yep. And I remember I was able to kill like with like a difficult. I had a difficult time doing it, but I was able to kill the first like wizard vampire that I saw. And mm-hmm. I was like, that was fresh. Like this. Yeah. This was intense, and they had like some good shit on them. So I was like, if I go just a little bit further in, if I kill like one or two more of these guys. I'll be leveling up, yep. and I'll get some good shit. Like, interesting stuff that's, like, not just randomly, like, a orc sword or whatever. It was, yep. like, some weird enchantment on some weird-looking sword. I was like, yeah, I'm into that. And I remember spending probably 45 minutes fighting two people because they were just, like, beating the shit out of me, and I would, like, run away and, like, hide behind these pillars, and then they'd come and I'd try to heal me. It was just, like, this endless thing. And then I got out of there, and none of them had had any armor. All they had were, like, robes. Uh-huh. And one of the dudes was wearing fancy clothes. So I took his fancy clothes... 
and I walked around in those fancy clothes. Every time I was in a town, I walked around in those fancy clothes, and then I made up a story, and that's when I was starting to, like, really yeah. click. When I'm in town, I dress this way, and then as soon as I leave, I put all this armor on, and then I'm, like, my true identity. Yep. Like, doing whatever. And I don't remember any of that story, but I had started to come up with these things, and then just, like, it was, like, writing fan fiction, basically, about Oblivion, uh, about what my character was doing. And that's when I was like, yeah, this is the thing I do. And then from that, I would just, like, not every time I would play the game, even this most recent playthrough that we're going to talk about... With Skyrim, I wasn't RPing the whole time. Yeah. But every time that I would stop and do that, I would be like, oh, wait, this makes it way sicker when I'm taking a second to, like, think about what my character would do here. It's just like D&D. When you're yep. role-playing, it's more fun. Oh, yeah. Um, exactly. So that's that's basically what has led us here. I One thing that I used to do when I was really into the PC stuff is when I had all these mods and I would get things looking cool, uh, another function that you can have on PC is to be able to... Uh, like use the console commands. Oh yeah. And you would type in TFC toggle free camera, uh, and you it, you would basically just have like free control of the camera. Mm -hmm. uh, and I would take these like cool photographic screenshots. Oh yeah. And on the website on the Elder Scrolls forums, there was this whole thread, like a wicked long thread, just all about people posting their screenshots. And that was the spot, dude. That the Elder Scrolls. Yeah. Or Bethesda. Mm -hmm. Um forums the oblivion mods section around like 2007 to 2009 was like happening oh yeah there was so many people and a lot of the people who like posted there and made those mods like work for bethesda now uh, that's pretty lit like i, I remember um now, there was a lot of stuff there was a lot of drama too there's a lot of people who have Ooh, got who drama. made like nude mods who got banned and it was like it was weird. Nothing like getting an accidental Dunmer nude mod. Oh, Just getting dude. like full frontal bush. Yeah, or you get like with when you're grabbing those like overhaul mods, sometimes yep. they just include a nude mod because mm -hmm. it's like, well, I mean, realistically, your character <laughs> would be naked. And it's like, stop. <laughs> I remember taking off my whatever it was. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> just like, first of all, realizing that when you when you make your character in Oblivion, everybody's piss ugly. Yeah. But my face was like a light blue because I was a dark elf. I was a light blue and the rest of my body was like regular like dark blue. Yeah. So I was like, this is not <laughs> correct. So there was that and then the eyes go a little bit further and they're just bush and dong. Yeah. <laughs> it was just there in my face. I can't believe it. I was just like, someone <laughs> spent a lot of time like making, like probably had a picture of a real dong next to it. And yeah. Just like. Made a sweet yep. dick. It's like, this is a good, I mean, we'll make it blue now. <laughs> but um, like posting those screenshots, I think I, bring this up because I'm pretty sure I still have them somewhere on this laptop. Okay, that's important. Um, and I'll, I'll find them. So, all that being said. Yes. Should we get into what we're doing now? Definitely. So, what this is what basically this, this podcast is going to be now that the introductions are out of the way. We both recently started playing Skyrim again and created new characters and have RP'd the hell out of them to craft a more interesting experience because six years on, there's only so much you can do with, you know, getting the same gear and doing the same quest in Skyrim, mm -hmm. but if you're adding your own shit to it, you can make any encounter interesting. Also, I've complained a lot about the Radiant quests, where it's just like, okay, go here, do this thing, come back. A lot of those places are actually filled with a lot of uh, like written documents and stuff mm -hmm. that explain like backstories and stuff that they just don't bother to ever like talk to you about. They're right. just like, These are just here. Or you can find things like, there's a certain bandit that you'll kill you know, somewhere. This is just a random example. Uh -huh. And it won't mean anything. You'd be like, okay, I killed the bandit, and then I got the golden thing that I needed from him. Um, but if you look at that bandit's bedroom, they'll have, like, three different types of books, and maybe it's, like... I mean, there's one There's one character in the game who literally just only has, like, a shitload of copies of uh, the Lusty Argonian Maid. Yep. And, like, a bunch of dirty <laughs> rags. And you're like, oh, okay, this dude's just working it. Yes. He's doing this thing. But there's always little things like that. And sometimes I feel like it's probably just random, but there are times where they craft, like, carefully made, like, okay, this bandit doesn't have a name, and you're just going to kill him. But he was the type of person who um, read books like this, collected things like this, and killed for reasons like this. Like, they yeah. just, there's always little things, and they're there if you want to find them. But, starting off with our characters. I made a, uh, well actually it, I <laughs> made him because we went to a renaissance fair a couple, like about a month ago mm -hmm. um, and 
you were telling me that you had been doing the Dark Brotherhood, and oh wait, no, actually, it was when we were driving home from D and D, and you mentioned that you had been doing the Dark Brotherhood. Oh, yeah. And I always like, so I like obviously got Skyrim on eleven, 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 mm-hmm. and did the Dark Brotherhood then, and probably did it a couple times on other characters, but I haven't done it in years. And when you said that, I was like, oh, I should play Skyrim again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I made came up with this idea for this an Argonian, uh, and in like just the history of the lore of Elder Scrolls, uh, uh, Dark Elves and Argonians. So Argonians, for those of you who aren't familiar at all, are like lizard people. Yeah, so straight they, up. They got like a straight. They got like a dinosaur type lizard head. Um, the interestingly, uh, the the females do have boobs, which is a mammalian feature. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's interesting fun. choice, Todd Howard. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So they're ma- <laughs> they are mammals, but they are also reptiles. Yeah. Um, so it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Yeah, and they, but they're uh, cool. They've for like hundreds of years been uh, like taken as slaves by the dark elves. Like that's a big thing, and because their uh, continents are located like Morrowind is where the dark elves are from, is north of Black Marsh, which is where the Argonians are from. Mm-hmm. So uh, this character. His name was is Sings by Moon. We'll get to why that's his name. Let's go like Argonians have like a name in their language, and then a name that like usually translates yeah. to some sort of like description of of how they act. Um, and he was from a part of uh, Morrowind, which was occupied by the dark. Uh, the Ar- I'm sorry, he was from a uh, place in Morrowind that's occupied by the Argonians mm-hmm. because between Oblivion and Skyrim, the uh, volcano in Vardenfell, the island like where the game yeah. Ireland takes place, has erupted, yeah. and it fucking devastated the entire continent. So the Argonians to the south moved in and like occupied a big piece of their territory. So he's from there, uh, and his parents were captured by like Dunmer slavers when he was young, but he managed to like slip away, and he was just like living by himself for a while, just trying to survive. And eventually, he met a group of like Sithis worshippers. So Sithis in the Elder Scrolls universe is the... It's basically like if there was a yin-yang, mm-hmm. there's, I think, Ariel is what it's called. That's like order. And then Sithis is chaos. Mm-hmm. So it's like before anything in the universe, there was like stasis, just this like Ariel or whatever it's called. Yeah. And then Sithis was the disorder that caused like the chain of events that yeah. leads yeah. to the universe that we now have. Um, and the Argonians are like have this weird relationship in black marsh with this thing these like called the hist it's like a type of tree that grows mm-hmm. um and they communicate with sithis like through the sap of this hist uh so uh this young argonian this is so sick huh nobody appreciates this i know they should because it's, <laughs> it's really so cool. that's like the one thing i want i hope people take away from this is just like I'm, I at least I feel like I'm only able to like make so many cool characters with cool backstories because there's so much fucking cool lore mm-hmm. in the Elder mm-hmm. Scrolls, and it's sort of like a, a aggregation of a lot of like Eastern mysticism and like mm-hmm. Norse stuff and like all kinds of different actual mythologies. Yeah. But alas, uh, this young Argonian runs into this like group of Sithis worshippers, and they happen to kill people uh, for money. They're not members of the Dark Brotherhood. They're just killers. Uh, they're just, they worship Sithis. Sithis is a, like, god of disorder. So they've found a way to sort of, like, honor that by uh, taking out contracts and killing people. So they trained this young Argonian, and they would notice at night that when he was sleeping, or when everyone was going to sleep, that he would be, like, singing to himself. And as they listened, it was, like, songs of revenge about how oh. he was just... Um, and not re- and not revenge on anyone in particular, just general revenge. So that's how he got the name Sings by Moon. But uh, he is definitely chaotic evil. <laughs> so <laughs> that's the other th- reason I wanted to make this character because I always make some kind of ambiguous character, mm-hmm. or either either an ambiguous character or like a benevolent good 
like knight or paladin type uh, character. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to make just, I wanted to do the Dark Brotherhood and only an evil motherfucker would do the Dark Brotherhood because I always have to shoehorn a reason in yeah, yeah, for yeah. how my like, my like morally gray area character is going to do the Dark Brotherhood. And I was like, no, he's only doing the Dark Brotherhood. So how he, um, he eventually became, started training as an assassin with, with the, with this group, like mm-hmm. kind of a cult actually, or a religious order. And, uh, became very adept at it and was just silent, would, uh, had, had a way with, with stealth. So, and he was so reliable just like from living out on his own after his parents were killed that he was, uh, he was good at like going a long distance to do a contract. So he kind of became the go-to guy to do these things. And on a routine, uh, job, he was on his way back from Morrowind. Uh, and he was in Northern Cyrodiil cause he was doing a job, mm-hmm. uh, in Bruma. So, and he was going to travel up north through the border and then try to basically cut from like the southern part of um, Skyrim across like to, to about Windhelm and then go into Marlin from there. So, he's just going to cut some corners. Decided to be risky. Um, and happens to be captured just in this dragnet of Imperial forces. Uh, something about some guy who killed a high king and uh there there's some weird trap all set some bs yeah some and then some blonde guy was there and uh some other guy i don't remember what said his name was but he he has his like brown hair and he just was caught like not even for crossing the border illegally not even for uh murdering someone for money (laughs) just he was in this he just had this misfortune where he was in the spot where there was this uh sting operation going down and he just got like roped up and into it and he gets uh taken on this cart uh all the way some direction uh into some place he's never seen before into some weird keep where he's uh put on the execution block and all of a sudden, out of fucking nowhere, a goddamn dragon shows up for the first time in thousands of fucking years. The dragon showing up after thousands of years is somehow way cooler when you're taking it from the perspective of a character who's just been doing this other thing yes. forever. Like when you start Skyrim or any of these games and it's like you are clearly destined for something. You're a ground zero for the dragon showing up. So like you're probably important. You're the dragonborn. That's what the game's about. Mm-hmm. But having like all of this stuff that came before and like you're not involved with that yep. you just happen to be there for it adds a kind of like weird cool layer to just the events of the game anyway yeah and especially since like i'm pretty sure like all of us are fed up with doing that helgen scene and oh, seeing God, the dragon. Bites, dude. but like yeah when you were jaded because you yeah, have to do it times, yeah. and you used to be able to in morrowind and oblivion save right before yep. the end of the starting dungeon mm-hmm. um so like you would do the starting dungeon get to the very end and you before you walk through the door it'd be like do you want to make any last minute changes to your character and you would just save right before that so that yeah. if you wanted to make a new character you just went to that save redid your whole character and then didn't have to do the whole starting dungeon and i don't know why the fuck they got rid of that maybe just it was an oversight just because of the nature i of, think like, because the of scene. like they wanted to have something more scripted and important happen and yeah. it's not like it's that long. It's 15, 20 minutes, and then you're on your way. Um, yeah, but that's an impediment if you're like, oh, yeah. wait, but I, I kind of like this character, but I kind of want to make a new one, but do I really want to do that whole thing again? And I went through that a couple be times. Be in Riverwood and have to <clears throat> walk to Whiterun or yeah. wherever to... It kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get it, but it sucks. So that's how you got there. My character, his name is Nilfane Nilzaril. It's a, he's a Nilfane Nilzaril. Yeah. Sounds like a Dunmer. Double N's. He's a Dunmer. He's a dark elf. Things I'm going to fucking hate Dunmer, dude. Dude, Despise they're not going to get along. Oh, no. So, Nilfane is... Uh, my idea for him it wasn't so much a backstory. Was It was a concept of him. He doesn't remember his first kill. Oh. It feels like the first time you do something big like that... Not necessarily killing, but all these big moments, your first one, you always remember that. Yeah. You always remember that specific thing because it was the first time. You don't be, you're not jaded to it yet. I remember the first time I played Skyrim. You know, it's just like stuff like that you always, you seem to remember. Right. But he doesn't remember the first time he killed anybody. And that's kind of what I use as the guiding concept for, for who he is. It's not something he relishes in. It's just something he's extremely good at and he's kind of ambivalent towards it. Life and death is not 
really anything that matters to mm. him. Uh, and I, I was kind of working with some ideas because I was like, is he, is he just a sociopath? Like that he just does, he's like, I don't, whatever, it's whatever, I'll just, you know, I'm going to go kill that guy, I don't care. Uh-huh. And I had the idea of him, you know, because of everything with the Dunmer and in Morrowind happening, people were displaced. He was in Cyrodiil living for a while with whoever at a very young age, I don't know. But I had the idea of him living with uh, somebody who is a very experienced hunter and fighter. Uh-huh. Um, not his father or mother or anything, just a person that he, he lived with um maybe an imperial or somebody from that province who either could not speak or could not hear um so uh, or, or they this person was incredibly skilled at what they did but they couldn't communicate verbally right. to to nilfane who still learned to speak and everything like it's not like he's a mute himself but talking and and communicating that way was just not part of his upbringing he right. was just trained to very specifically fight things and hunt things um because in Cyrodiil, there's, you know, always goblins and, and uh, trolls. What are they called? Not the uh, Ogres? Ogres, yeah. And things like that that you're battling and, and bandits and cutthroats and stuff like that. Um, and after, you know, he, he grew up in this just place. I imagine him just growing up in the, in the forest, living with this, like, basically deaf-mute person who, who f- through, you know, injury or whatever, has just lost their ability to, to speak and hear. But they still communicate. So it's just hand mm-hmm. signals. And, and teaching Nilfane how to be a very effective killer and hunter without words so that's kind of like led him he didn't have very very much like actual contact or, or communication with, with people and that's kind of where his ambivalence comes from yeah just he knows this one dude there's no like words exchanged really he just he himself barely speaks because of it um so he's, he's just unaffected or disaffected i guess um but i didn't want him to just be a totally like unfeeling sociopath because that just didn't feel right mm. it's more of a uh, a nurture thing rather than a nature thing Got it. he wouldn't have been like this otherwise maybe he was different when he was a young kid uh-huh. um but modern day you know where where the story begins he's basically just lives as a cutthroat he would take on hunting jobs just like you'll see hunters in skyrim mm-hmm. going around doing their thing and he's been across the border a million times between Cyril and, and and skyrim it's no big deal um and he would just he would hunt his prey he would go and he would kill you know, a deer, somebody needs a bear killed, somebody needs an ogre killed, bounties, stuff like that. It's just what he did. And because he had never really had a home growing up, he just would go different places. He just right. lived wherever. It was just sort of like, he almost treated himself like a tool for other people. It was just a thing. He was just doing things. He was things. just surviving. He was just surviving because yeah. that's like, yeah, well, I'm good at killing, so like, why not? And then as his reputation grew a little bit and, you know, in small circles, people would be like, hey, I need you to uh, take care of something for me. Basically doing assassinations. Mm-hmm. Killing people, hunting people, and it just was all the same to him. Um, so there's the the first concept was that he doesn't remember his first kill because it was just a thing he was doing. It was just a job, it, almost in a sociopathic way. Just being like, well, I killed that deer. I can just go kill that man. Like, it's no difference. Uh-huh. It is a huge difference, and we're getting there. But um, <laughs> he he doesn't remember his first kill, and he doesn't believe that killing is violent. He okay. he has a, like a weird stance on violence. He believes that fighting is violent. He does not believe that killing is violent. Like, like killing someone with, without a struggle? Yeah, like... he's like, because his whole thing is like, well, if I shoot my arrow perfectly, yeah. it is dead, and that's it. Yeah, it wasn't that's, violent. That's death, that's not violence, it's just it death. It's cause and effect. Yeah. Um, just like, not not everybody is, is, everybody dies. And that's just sort right. of his thing. Everybody dies, everything dies, if I do it perfectly, it's uh-huh. not violent. Yeah, violence so is struggle. He doesn't like he doesn't like violence. Any fight that he's ever been in, he didn't like it. It's like this is mm. not how it's supposed to be. Uh-huh. This is this is ugly, and he uh-huh. didn't like that. So you would think that somebody who's, who carries swords and, and a bow and, and is a dangerous person would just be accustomed to that. But he does not like fighting. No. It makes him uncomfortable, not because he's afraid, but because that feels wrong. Fighting feels right. wrong. So he got very good with his bow. He got very good at placing his shots. He got very good um, with killing strokes with the sword because sometimes he would have to fight. But most specifically, he got very good at sneaking up and cutting people's throats and, and killing them without them knowing that they were dead. You know, that was his, his kind of his thing. Right. And I had kind of imagined a scenario, a very, very simple scenario of somebody who, was, who kind of structured himself in a certain weird way, always doing things a certain weird way, uh, very detached from the work. It's just, it's a kill. It's death. It's going to happen to everybody. It is what it is. And hunting something very simple like a deer or whatever just on a very very simple hunting uh trip i guess right around the border yeah sneaking through the woods pulling back his arrow getting ready to fire and realizing that it's not a deer that he's been hunting he followed the wrong tracks and it's an imperial guard on a horse Uh uh-huh and he's like oh and he doesn't 
he doesn't, you know, aim his shot right. The arrow goes wide. Suddenly the Imperials are on him and he's been captured. And now he's, he's there. Wow. That was, that's just how I imagine wow. just all okay. this, this weird kind of philosophy of a person who then just makes one little mistake. Right. And suddenly they're. Hands are bound. They're about to have their head cut off, and they're in Helgen. <laughs> that's right. that's just kind of where I imagine that going from. So, I guess going from there, we'll, I, I think we'll cover more going forward. But yeah, we can get, we go a little bit further. I guess. Yeah, you should go. We should go into like what we did like when we first started yeah. our characters. So the first thing that I did was I I imagined him kind of being the type who wears a dark cloak and you know does that just that sort of that uh, that look. Yeah. The first thing he did was after leaving Helgen was creep into the woods and find um just somebody and he was just like i can't be dressed like this anymore all his weapons were gone mm -hmm. you know he and he or i guess he was in rags at that point but the, the i remember the first thing that i did was i saw a bandit wearing the fur armor mm -hmm. i mean this is just a gameplay thing and i was just like that's how he's gonna dress he thinks that that's how he blends in here because now he realizes he was a prisoner he's he's kind of trapped up north um, he doesn't want to go back to where he was. Everything's just been mixed up. He's been shaken up a little bit. He's never yeah. fucked up that bad before. Um, so his first thing that he does is he blends in. And he takes this this hunter's... I think it might have been a hunter, actually. I don't think it was a bandit. I think I snuck up on one of those hunters. You know, they're, they're just like fishing or whatever. Uh -huh. And again, it's like... That's when I started to define the character. as like, who I'm playing is like, oh, he'll kill anybody. He doesn't care. Yeah. Um, and then I had to come back from that a little bit. I was like, does he care? But this was just like, ah, I need the thing that you're wearing. So just... Here we go. Just yeah. stick a dagger in you, and that's that. Um, and that's how I kind of played the first long arc of, of his character. So I went from kind of trying to blend in, being ambivalent to everything, um, to suddenly hearing about uh, a young boy up in Windhelm who was trying to summon the Dark Brotherhood. Uh -huh. And even somebody like Nilfane, who, who's basically lived on the outskirts of civilization, knows about the Dark Brotherhood. And he knows that they pay. And he knows that he could potentially work well in that situation. Um, but he's always been alone. He's never really worked with anybody else other than this basically deaf-mute guy that he grew yeah. up with who he considered like a mentor, kind of. Um, so he's never had that like camaraderie in any way. But he decided, you know, he keeps hearing the rumors because everybody in Skyrim talks about this kid yeah. who's trying to do the, uh, what is it, the night ritual? What is it called? Uh, the dark ritual, yeah. I believe. He, to summon the Night Mother. Yeah, that's right. So I finally headed up to Windhelm, which is a place full of Dark Elves anyway. Yep, because it's right on the border of Morrowind and Skyrim. And the first thing I did before I went and accepted the quest from the kid was was kind of wander around the town. Um, there's some people talking shit about the Dark Elves, and there's some Dark Elves, and they immediately come up to you, and they're like, mm -hmm. hey, what's up? Uh, and you're kind of forced to talk to them. And I didn't think that this character would, but because I don't have a choice, and because it was a Dark Elf talking to another Dark Elf, I said something like, do they always do that? Mm -hmm. And I had to think, why would that character say, do they always do, you know, do these Nords always harass you Dark Elves? Why would he care? And he doesn't really know that he cares other than he sees something that doesn't make sense. And he's just like, why are these people getting harassed? They look like me. Whatever. And then it's just kind of a, a thing that he puts out of his head. But something I noticed as the player is that when you go into the, the corner club in Windhelm, yep. it's a little bar yeah. uh, in the Dark Elf district, the, the Grey Quarter, they welcome you with open arms. I had a playthrough previously to that, like just a few days I made a high elf. And I went in there and they were just like, whatever. Yeah. You, you gonna buy something or what? But you go in there as a dark elf and they're like, greetings, brother, like welcome. Yep. And I feel like that's the first time, well, as a player, that was the first time I had a character be welcomed there. But this is the first time that Nilfane has been treated like that. He hasn't really lived with other dark elves. He's obviously seen other dark elves. But somebody was like, welcome, brother. And he was like, that's weird. Mm -hmm. And then he just sort of like, he, he bought his meal. Then he went and did an assassination. Yeah. Um, but it was the first kind of like ping of, of something. I didn't really know what that was yet, but I realized that it was starting to shape later on. I would realize like retroactively realize that like that was starting to shape who he was. Yeah. Cause the first thing you have to do is go and assassinate, uh, the matron of a orphanage, like yeah. this mean old matron. And, um, I'll cut that out. Cause I feel like you're going to. Sure. Something yeah. That yeah. Oh yeah. It's too. funny how our stories yeah. align. <laughs> so I went and I did that. Uh, and then I came back and I don't remember what happened. I, I turned in the quest of this kid basically being like, yeah, I killed the lady for you. And it's just another day. Murdering somebody for a child like, didn't affect him. Right. Um, I don't you know how someone did. He's just like, whatever, yeah, I'll do it. People got to eat. Um, and that's, again, that's kind of the first goal for Nilfane was gold. Like, I need to get paid. Yep. The boy needs to eat. Um, so he does this. And then a few days later, he's sleeping in an inn. Suddenly he wakes up with a bag over his head. 
um, and he's in some dungeon somewhere, some basement that he's never seen before, and there's a woman, uh, and she's saying, um, yeah, we know what you did. We know that you, you took a contract in our name, this Dark Brotherhood thing, like this kid was praying to us and you took that kill from yeah. us, so now it's time to either put up or shut up. And then they, they show you three people. There was a, a Khajiit, there was a, uh, and then I think two Nords, I'm not sure, there was a man and a woman. And you can go, they, one of them had a hit out on them, and you have to choose the right one, I guess. It's kind of just a thing where there's no right answer, but like you have to kill somebody. You have to prove right here and right now that you can kill somebody. Right. So I just like looked at the three of them and was just like, not me, no fame, looked at the three of them and just, okay, stuck his dagger out, just like right into somebody's throat. Yeah. Um, I don't even remember what trying to kill. <laughs> but That's it was just, it was just whatever. Exactly. He doesn't, it's just not a thing. It's just like, well, this is the situation I'm in. Okay, here we you go. Killed the one closest to you at that moment. Yeah. Like oh, that, yeah. Yeah. I've... Sure. Um, and then that was that. And then they were like, okay. The woman was like, I'm Astrid. I'm from the Dark Brotherhood. Welcome to the club. <laughs> you know, uh -huh. like, um, and, and Nilfame went and he, he did that and he started doing, uh, obviously, assassinations, assassinations, picking up contracts. The one thing, I'll end this story here. So things change a lot. They're going to change a lot, especially going forward, like the next few episodes. Mm -hmm. My character arc has been shifting dramatically. Uh, but the one thing that big that happened not big, hanging that happened, was I got a contract for this Khajiit. Um, and they told me that this Khajiit, he, he wanders all around and he's very, very difficult to find. And I had this quest in my log or whatever, forever. And I was like, I'm not ever gonna, I'm not ever gonna complete that. That was nagging at me. Um, but I did eventually have some sort of a culmination to that. I had, I had, I had closure on that, on that little hanging quest and it was a, a very, very intense moment, which I will save for next time. Awesome. So we had like very, very similar trajectories and this is awesome because I think it's a microcosmal I, or, uh, example of like why we're doing this show mm -hmm. because we did the same thing in the same game completely differently. Um, so once I escaped from Helgen, uh, I'm sorry, once Sings by Moon escaped from Helgen, <laughs> he, he immediately ran away. I don't even remember which of the two you get to choose to escape with like one of the rebels or one yeah, of the yeah, Imperials. Yeah. Don't don't remember. Um, not important. Not important at all. It, it, when like you're you're supposed to stop like out there and, and one of, they're supposed to invite you to either yeah. like go see the guy in Riverwood or go to the the Imperial Legion mm -hmm. and join up. Just booked it, ran. Yeah. Um, because modus operandi for Sings by Moon was to get back tomorrow. Right. So he he was lucky to escape with like basically he he just did a, an assassination job in. Cyrodiil. He got caught for something else. A dragon showed up out of nowhere. Uh, and he read that as um, that was Sithis intervening in, mm -hmm. in his uh, just journey. Because since losing his parents at a young age and having like a long... There was, it was a, about a year or so before he found that, that religious group yeah. that he went with uh, who worshipped Sithis. And even in that time, he had tried to just like find some sort of meaning. So when this group found him, they happened to worship Sithis, he took that very seriously. So he himself is a, a worshiper of Sithis mm -hmm. and um, has always wondered about the Dark Brotherhood um, because there was, you know, his assassination guild was just an assassination guild. Um, where he was from, there was no, at least he had no contact to a Dark Brotherhood assassin. So it to him, it was always a thing like, like there was this other order that also worshiped Sithis that is sort of like legendary in the history of, of, of Tamriel. Yeah. But he had never really encountered them. So once that dragon came, uh, he didn't think too much about it. He, other than like, this is disorder, uh, intervening in my like predicament to let me go and continue like my service of Sithis by creating disorder. So he travels, he runs down that mountain and he gets into the small town like right, right outside of Halligan called Riverwood, mm -hmm. and it's the middle of the day. He realizes he's dressed like a complete vagrant. So he and he understands that like just because he's at least uh, like 
what's the word I'm looking for? Gregarious enough to blend in yeah. when he needs to, if like because he's picked up lots of skills. As he just had a pretty close call. He's not he's trying he, to take any chances, I would imagine. Right, but he's he knows that he can fake being a citizen, but not another sociopath. Right, he <laughs> is. No, he he is he is a sociopath. This like that's the thing. He's. A, I guess that's the other thing with Nilfain is that he's not pretending to be normal. Right. He's just like. Uh, Remain silent. That's always the option. That that would okay. be my defining characteristic of remain silent. Like, I don't have anything to say. I'm right, just, you're just being there. Yeah, hi. Uh, I have a sword, I'm going to use it. Like, what? Uh, so, Sings by Moon, he'll blend in when necessary. And it, his goal is to go... He understands where he is. Mm-hmm. He understands that he's going to go up uh, into this place called Windhelm. And from there, there's apparently, um, like, a passage into the, like... Uh, western part of Morrow. Mm-hmm. So he goes to Riverwood and decides he's uh, he's actually doesn't actually go into the town proper. It goes around the back behind a, in, in a bunch of bushes, stealthing the whole time. Uh, gets into the home of someone like on the outskirts of town, and is just going through his his house looking for anything that's clothing yeah, or. Yeah. Uh, and he finds these clothes and he and he puts them on and as he does that, this person comes <laughs> into the door and. He just and he said, "You're not supposed to be in here." And so, uh, sings by Moon, who needs a nickname, definitely uh, pulls out his axe. SBM, yes, yeah, SBM pulls out his axe that he had from from running through that gauntlet when that dragon came, and just hacks this guy down because he's gonna say something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he just has to protect himself, and he's not staying in this town for long, so it doesn't right. really matter. So he takes this guy out and brings his body over, like kind of tucks him in the corner, and then. Uh, failed some quest somehow. Uh, I don't know which one, but um, r- and then proceeded to run out and made his way up to uh, basically. I don't remember exactly how like the map is spread out, but he eventually got into uh, Windhelm where he's ready to leave. Mm-hmm. And he's not an adventurer per se. He's an assassin, and he he's good at um, doing all of these long distance uh, jobs, mm-hmm. but mostly because he's able to blend in because he's been he's been um like an urchin so he kind of understands that you like he doesn't have an identity and he is so like broken inside that he can just sort of like observe how people act and then do a very spot-on imitation of that uh and so he's like the extent of his survival is to be unseen uh and to not engage in any sort of reckless stupid combat because the his other passion has been uh alchemy and oh. and the collection of herbs and certain things because like knowing his ancestry of, of the hist tree he knows that like there's some you can communicate uh through nature yeah. or with nature you get a little high you get a little high talk to god he doesn't do skooma <laughs> uh he hasn't encountered skooma yet uh, at least not in in skyrim but he likes chewing on something and getting an, an idea for what it's from and or like what you know, what it might do yeah. if mixed with something else. Hmm. So um, that's what he tries to do along his way from um, from Riverwood up. Basically, you're going like up northeast to uh, Windhelm, the city of Windhelm, mm-hmm. and uh, which is like a super ancient city. Um, and that's the place he gathers as soon as he gets there. That this uh, that Ulfric person. That's where he was from, or that's where he is from. Right. Um, and so he starts realizing, oh, wait, that person might be here too. But he has no interest in that at all. First thing he sees, like you, when he walks into Windhelm, is this guy just berating some dark elves. And he's like, nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> this place is awesome. So he uh, goes up and talks to the, uh, the NPC. Mm-hmm. This guy, what his name is, Rodvar or something like that? Yeah, that's what, he's just one of those Nord dicks. Yeah. Uh, he's just like, uh, the only dialogue options are, um, it was like, what did those people do? And then like, do you always act like this? Uh-huh. It was, and they, they were all like, you had to stick up for the dark. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, this guy's parents were like, were like abducted by like dark mm-hmm. elves to sil- be sold into slavery. Like this guy has absolutely no sympathy for dark elves whatsoever. So I just pretended that <laughs> he went up to that guy and, and just sort of like obliged him, and and from I can just consider that guy my buddy. Whenever yeah, yeah, he, yeah, whenever yeah. I'm in the bar with him, I buy a drink and like 
pretend I give it, you know yeah. what I mean? He's, he's my dude. And that's when I started getting into this idea of almost ignoring, like, any part of the game that I don't like. And just, since we're doing yeah. this podcast even, telling it, like, how how it would have gone. Right. And, which is another, like, um, it's another example of the thing I was talking about before with the screenshots. Mm-hmm. And, like, how that made it more real. And then, like, you know, even before that, writing the little short stories and that making it more real. Because you get to edit out, like, oh, yeah, but the game does these weird things where, like, if you kill someone, the guards automatically know. And right. that sucks. It's like, not if you pretend that never happened. Right. You gotta, you gotta just you gotta <laughs> yeah. trim the fat. Which is what I've been, how I've been playing this game. A lot of time when I play it, like, if I go sit in a bar, which I did do in, in uh, Windhelm when I was, like, accepted by the uh, the Dark Elves, I went and I sat down and I and I went in the third person I looked around the bar, looked at my character sitting at the bar in his fur armor, being like, whatever. Also, he has, obviously, he has red eyes because he's a Dunmer. Yep. Um, but I had, like, the longest white hair that you can choose. I figured he's just this, like, he almost looked like, I imagined him looking like a ghost. When you would see him, just glowing red eyes, and then just like this this pale blue skin with the the long white hair, uh-huh. which I've completely changed because you can the through the thieves guild change that. Yeah. But I've just changed the way that his, his like hair and stuff works, and I feel like when I changed that, that's when I like started to shift who I was oh, yeah. as a character because I I, I kind of like the idea of playing as a basically just a ghost. It's like uh-huh. I'm here, I don't say anything, and I kill you, and then I leave. Um, but yeah, when I go into to bars and stuff, I'll sit there for a minute, and I might play out a scene in my head, but like. If anybody's listening, just be like, so you play this game and then you just like sit there and you don't do anything? Like, what's what's the point? Of that's, that? it's that's like that's what D and D is. Though. I mean, that is what D and D is. But it's like your brain. more than like I'll sit there for fifteen seconds and then I'll get up and I'll leave. But I have I have imagined something taking yep. place or just something to to give purpose to what I'm doing. Like, yes, I'm pretending and yes, I'm playing a video game, but it's just enhancing my experience. Like, it's making my time feel more creative. Yep. And I think that being able to have a podcast about it makes the, the creative as- aspect of it seem more concrete because you can tell it. Uh-huh. Whereas normally I'd just be playing by myself, just being creative in my own head because that's just fun for its own sake. Yes, exactly. Um, on top of the game. But um, um, I'll go I'll finish I'll go up to basically where you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he um, <laughs> so in in the city of Windhelm he makes his new friend uh, and their mutual dislike for for the Dark Elves. This guy, this Nord, has something about a civil war. Uh, SBM could not give like any less of a fuck about mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. the political landscape of Skyrim at all. He is extremely annoyed with hearing about it. Same with the dragon. So much so that he he chooses to play the dragon thing aloof. He was there, but he knows what that was. He knows that that was just an intervention of Sithis, uh, who is of guiding course. guiding him back tomorrow and to do what he is meant to do. Of course. So. Uh, he spends a little bit of time in Windhelm. He finds that there's this alchemy shop. Uh, he goes into it, sees there's lots of nice things. Uh, he has uh, absolutely no coin at all, uh, <laughs> none, because he has he was picked up by the Imperials. They they stripped him of all of his belongings, and he had sick shit. He had <laughs> these really awesome glass daggers that Ooh. he like acquired just from even doing doing a job at a like a museum mm-hmm. down in um at high over in high rock like way over there found the, like on his way out just found these daggers in a display case just quote picked, found picked, yeah picked the lock <laughs> took them uh he had like this just very like it wasn't the most advanced leather armor but he had been wearing it so long that it almost like in the since he has scales because he's like a reptile mm-hmm. it almost like fused to his like, oh, well, it, it was yeah, almost yeah. like a pair of like rock climbing shoes they eventually like you use them enough they just become like your foot uh-huh. just like molded it was like that he had these for years and lost them See, so do you ever just sorry to divert you for yeah. a second i feel like i never play as a character who starts from nothing and then builds up i feel like i'm always Whenever I, I RP, it's like I've created this character who was this thing, yeah. and then he just gets torn down. And then you, you got to build him back up. There's yeah. always there's always like a, a drop, and then there's a valley. Yep. But I feel like I'm never just like okay, well, he's never fought before. Now he's learning how to use the sword. Like as I level up, I guess I never play it like that. It's always right. like I was something, lost it all because of an event, and now I have to get it all back. Yes, which is like sort of how I've always played them on console. Yeah, because <laughs> once I got mods, my favorite mod ever was um, I think it's called Live Another Life. Which is just an alternate start mod. Mm-hmm. You don't start with the... Uh, and they have that on the fucking Xbox One. We're, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it. But um, they, you, you basically can pick to start with uh, at like a higher level. Mm-hmm. So like I would start in the characters at like level 15 and have them be... And they had this in Fallout too where you could be like a raider and be in a raider camp. I would do this like... You can start as, as like a Thieves Guild member and you already have like what a thief would have and you're this appropriate level for like 
skirting around like the leveled lists if you still had those right um and so that you could like have cool enemies right off the bat but alas on console <laughs> like we are now or at least on ps4 like we are yeah. now i've definitely like enjoyed making characters that lost something mm-hmm. and now they're in this situation because they have to have something in common they were all at that scene in hell again unless you want to just like pretend it didn't do happen. that yeah and pretend it didn't happen but it's almost like too much then you're like starting from way scratch yeah. like why is this person here but um he was so SBM finds this uh alchemy shop uh realizes there's lots of nice things has absolutely no no gold at all um talks to the the shopkeep she's amicable enough um he leaves he goes over to the uh I forget what it's called shattered hearth maybe the, that sounds right. Something the uh, in Windhelm, the, yeah. the tavern. That sounds good. Uh, sleeps until about three, four a.m. Gets up, um, and still in the clothes that he stole from Riverwood. By the yeah. way, it doesn't wear armor um, because he, nothing can replace the armor that he had he lost. And he uh, makes his way stealthily enough to the uh, alchemy shop, breaks in, steals everything. That he <laughs> just steals everything. There's potion of invisibility. The there's some glowing dust. There's all kinds of shit. I feel he, like I did this. He thing. steals everything, and then on his way out, he realizes, "Well, I'm an out. I'm, I'm an out of towner. I don't need any chance that things can go wrong before I leave tomorrow, and that the guards are gonna come find me at this inn. I could just leave now, but eh, let's kill him. What the hell? Oh. So he goes in and uh, just kills." For, for really just just the like 10% chance that it might have yeah, caused him an just issue. just in case. Just kills her. Um, and then really just then like looking at the empty shop in the dead shopkeep and had this feeling of superiority like, oh, mm-hmm. well, this is mine now. Like, yeah. And I don't even want it anymore. Bye. And just leave. <laughs> uh, and it had got some sick uh, like satisfaction out of that. Uh, but decides just to go back, sleep, sleep a little bit more. Get a couple more winks of sleep, and then wake up and go tomorrow. And so he wakes up the next day, and as he's trying to like figure out a way, maybe out of the city, like so he doesn't have to walk around like the, um, because I think River uh, Windhelm is like it's elevated. You have to cross that bridge to get mm-hmm, it, and there's mm-hmm. like the river. He's trying to like leave over like the city wall, like on the uh, like in the. It's not the dark elf quarter, but it's on that same side of yeah, the, of the city. Yeah, uh, and he sees these two people, this like young boy and a woman and they're in front of this house. And so he like kind of stops behind a pillar. doesn't want anyone to see him. Yeah, he's got to snoop a little bit. Yep. And he hears, he overhears the little boy saying something about someone in that, in that house trying to summon the dark brotherhood and sings that moon is just gets this. It's everything makes sense now. That's why he got caught. That's mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. that dragon came. Mm-hmm. It was to lead him here so that he could best serve Sithis. Yeah. And he waits around. The 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 uh, adult confirms to the child, yes, but you want to stay away from this house. That's very dangerous stuff. You don't want to associate with that boy at all. He lost his parents. He's traumatized. Just leave him be. It don't sing out him. there just rubbing his hands. Yeah. And he hears all this too. Like, boy lost his parents. Oh. You know, he's trying to to get some sort of revenge. Uh, immediately, just like everything is just like, duh. It makes so much sense. Uh, the two people leave. He remains unseen, goes into the house, sort of has a has a palaver with this young boy. <laughs> As you uh, do. Yeah. Uh, reads this book that the kid has about the, the night ritual. Yeah. Um, and it's all of these things. And it says... Uh, you know, this is how you're supposed to summon the Night Mother. And I believe in someone that mentions that um, people will be visited in their sleep mm-hmm. by uh, the Dark Brotherhood once they have, like, performed this deed or something like that. And so he starts taking notes about, okay, um, I'm going to do what this young boy says. He wants me to go in and kill this. So he, his parents had just died and he's being sent to an orphanage until he is of age, and when, which time he'll come back and retain... Mm-hmm. His, the home, his family home. Um, and But he doesn't want to because he, he's been to this place before and he knows that the matron of it is this mean, She's nice. evil lady. She's a jerk. Mm-hmm. She's a total jerk. Uh, definitely. Like, even like yeah. me saying this, yeah. like Dylan saying this, that lady. Uh, she's uh, a jerk. She's a real jerk. So, <laughs> she's a real piece of work. <laughs> um, you uh, he So he takes uh, this boy's contract and 
goes off down to Rifton, and which is like way, way, way to the south, gets into a lot of scuffles. Um, at this point, he's he's like through like just various um, like enemies he's encountered on the road. Has acquired a, uh, a dagger, he's got so some one dagger. Final, he's comfortable yeah. with a dagger. It's like an iron dagger, but he still has that hand axe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it has some kind of like weird enchantment on it, where like people kind of like stiffen up a little bit when you hit them with it. So he makes his way down south to Rifton. Uh, and sees some guy in the town square is just trying to get him to, he's like, Hey, you know, I need you. I need you to do something with me real quick. We're going to, he's trying to pull a fast one. He kind of like, I don't know, maybe could read something on, mm-hmm, on SPM, mm-hmm. but he's, to, he's in full character. But he's like, I don't, I, he's not going to deal with that guy. I have at a thing all. Doing right yeah. Now. I don't want to deal with your weird scheme, bring whatever. I don't know. So, um, eventually goes into this orphanage and overhears this, uh, this like matron of it talking to these kids about oh, how they're never gonna be adopted. Uh, no one loves them. That's why they're here. Uh, don't ever think about it. Like she's the only reason that they have anything in this life. And all the kids are just like, yes, 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 whatever her name is. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and so he waits till all that dies down, and all the kids are asleep. He he can peeks he peeks around the corner sees that the kids are all. Uh, you know, lying down. So he waits a bit, waits like half hour or so in the shadows, hears nothing, proceeds forward. Uh, all the children are sleeping and he just sees this woman sleeping in, in her bed, just opens up the door, <laughs> pulls out his dagger, just gets right behind her and, and with, I think just the vigor of thinking of, of what this is going to lead to since this is, from what he is seeing, this is an yeah. official Dark Brotherhood contract. So he uh, he just puts his knife on her throat and just very excitedly, <clears throat> so that her actual her body actually falls out of her bed and makes this loud thumping noise. And all of the children wake up, uh, and they see him standing there with this dagger, this look in his in his in his weird uh, is weird. He doesn't have eyelids because he's he's not going Yeah, he doesn't have eyelids. He's just uh. this stare because like and they can like they're like amphibious too yeah so they're like mammals they're reptiles and amphibians they can breathe underwater they wild they wild. yeah they're crazy um just standing there with this look and this bloody dagger and he's looking at these kids and he's thinking to, he doesn't like killing children uh that's good they remind him of himself <laughs> oh he okay. has he's done it but he doesn't like it and he's standing there and he's like oh no there's like seven of them oh come on and the kid goes oh oh like they they're pumped their joy they're like you killed her and then one of them says when i grow up i want to be just like you and he feels very good inside because he is <laughs> he's, he's so and he's like i started like them i was an orphan they've seen what you can become like i'm and i'm doing the deeds of my of sithis like from the bottom yeah and now now look at me i'm like he's on top of he's now on I'm top here of and so he like you know high fives all the kids he like you know he's <laughs> Puts a little blood from the dagger on all their shirts. Like, here you go, little guy, like an autograph. Uh, and and then he he proceeds into the night. This he goes, is really macabre. Yeah. Celebration. Yeah. It, the kids are happy. Everyone was happy. And so he just, just kind of like skips back. Yeah, he's feeling it. To Windhelm, uh, where where he, he goes and gets a night's sleep, fully fully just anticipating uh, the visit from the Night Mother so you can continue serving the Dread Father Sith. Of course. And that's where we'll leave off for now. All right, he's getting ready to he's getting ready to meet Sithis. It's yeah, it's all it's like everything, but accidentally too has like just worked out to be, uh, like from, he went from thinking like, what what did I do wrong? How did I like, how did I get roped up in such like a ridiculous situation where like, like he was just happened to be in the center of like this mm-hmm. political mm-hmm. Uh, like turmoil that he couldn't just not, not care less care. about at all. Has no dog in the fight whatsoever uh just questioning himself like it must be his destiny like he's gonna get his head cut off right here like what what did he do wrong and how can he better serve himself in the next life and then all of a sudden this miraculous thing happens mm-hmm. and and now he's been given this opportunity to actually like truly bona fide serve sithis in like you know he knows the history of the dark brotherhood and the black hand and how it all is traced back to the argonians and so he this is his destiny and so he just goes to sleep just ready, ready, for, his ready for it. Ready to walk into the next stage of his existence. What was my cliffhanger? The whole uh, oh, the the contract that I had. Yeah. So yep. going forward, there's there's going to be a little bit of a, uh, a crossing of like of ends here. I have Nilfane, He he starts to to gain companionship through these guilds, mm-hmm. and at the same time, he has to engage in more and more violence. And again, 
death is not violence to him. <laughs> Murder is not violence to him, but fighting is. Yep. Having to fight somebody and then kill them is not is not his thing. So these two things, companionship and violence, start to shape who he is and uh, cool. will change the things going forward. So yeah. Um, this was sick. I think, that's, uh, I think that's the first part of the story. That's episode one. Yep. All right. We've um, been rimming. We hope. So we actually hope that this act makes, or, or actually we, we, that we can best flesh out like why we love these games so uh-huh. much and why we choose to play them even when there's so many other new awesome games that are constantly coming out. Uh, like why play the six-year-old RPG that has like many many flaws. Um, hopefully this inspires you to maybe if you never played it like give it a shot or if you if you have uh, some if you have some preconceived notions about it. Uh, they're basically like giving this game away now. It's like yeah. it's gonna be in Burger King like prizes pretty <laughs> soon. So if you do, uh, if this does inspire you to get back playing, uh, maybe send us over some some of your things about your character. Yeah. I don't know. Or if we it's love something that you've done in the past. I don't know. If yeah. People have, like written fan fiction that we were interested in, in the way that people not just play the game, but the way that they role play the game. Yeah. Um. Because I, I know that it's not just us who plays these games like this. Um, no, I know for a fact because I used to post on those forums yeah. and they were like actual like RP forums where you would like, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You, would, you would write a little blurb about what you're doing. Someone will come up and interact with you in character, which was, I would probably would never do that now, but right. but I, like, I know that those people, you're <laughs> but you, out there. But you are doing a podcast about it. So. I'll do that. Um, I'll talk to you about okay, it. Okay, yeah. So we'll, uh, we want to hear from people. This is this is episode one, but it's also the pilot. This is testing the waters, yeah. Seeing how things go, so um, we'll we'll have things uh, more definitive probably by episode two, and uh, you will hear from us soon. Hope you enjoyed. Um, where can where can they find us? I guess that's probably where we'll end this off. Yeah. Where you want it? Tw- Twitter. Yeah, you can find me at uh, Dexter M Pepper on Twitter, and I'm at Local Bones on Twitter. And you can find both of us at Podcast Chomp. Uh, and you unplug. Uh, uh, and I yeah, and I do uh, another podcast called Monster of the Week. So you might know us from those from those projects, or you might have just somehow stumbled upon us here um, and be confused as to what's happening. But, uh, but just rimming. We're rimming. Honestly, it's rimming with Chris and Dylan. Yeah. Peace. Peace. Hell.